You're not watching it right. What was going on with Palpatine's son or Palpatine's clone? Wait, this is supposed to be entertaining? I'm kind of bored. No, I'm pretty sure this is the same guy. <laughs> this is awesome! Welcome to the Harmonica Brothers Variety Show. We now join this week's conversation already underway. I really can't believe there are these schlubs out there that are raiding, bombing the new masters of the universe because it ruined their childhood. Oh, it ruined my childhood. Where's my He-Man? Ah, shut up, you wankers. That's the hill you're going to choose to die on? Yeah, honestly, dude, like, I am... They're ratings bombing it. They're straight-up ratings bombing it. They're not just, like, white bitching and whining online. I read something about them... About, about yeah, ratings bombing and that kind of thing, yeah. Right. Like, I... It, I, it took me, like, till the end. It was, like, only at the end of the first episode was I, like, in. Like, I'm totally watching the rest of this, and I finished it in, like, a day. In one go, yeah. rather. There wasn't that much of it, of course. Five, like, 28-minute episodes. But it's good. Like, it's really good. Hey, He-Man's not in the title. It's just called Master of the Universe Revelation or whatever the fuck it was yep. called. Like, yep, that's it. it's good. It's a good show. I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. I can't understand what these guys wanted to see because, in all honesty, the original He-Man show was pretty shitty. I mean, it was it was an achievement for its time, maybe. They used some good rotoscope animation. It was cool. But, I mean, and I'm a diehard Thundercats fan, so I know exactly the era. I know exactly the type of show. And other than the trite lessons that were... Uh, developed by the consulting child psychologists for these shows, which was almost court mandated. Um, well, it, yeah, because it was designed to. It was designed. So big part of it was like Young Justice is a perfect example of this as well in the modern era. Like it was a show designed to sell toys. Exactly. So I don't understand what these guys are talking about when they say, "Oh, it's it's killing the story." No, it's actually giving the characters a story to live through. Because before they were just half-hour toy commercials for the most yeah. part yeah. that I had mean, no consistency. So I don't know what imaginary past these these clowns are talking about. I will say, I mean, I second what Sam said. I really enjoyed it. I watched it all in one go. I was actually surprised how much I enjoyed it because I didn't, I, I've seen bits and pieces of the original show, not much of it. Yeah. And this is, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, the show, the show's concept, it's based on like a line of toys, right? I yep. mean, that, yeah. that's the original thing. That's the original um, genesis People of it. People think right? it's the opposite. The toy line. Yeah. But it's not, right? There was a line of toys and then they made the, they, they then they made the show. So I was amazed that I became so invested in a show that was originally based on a toy line. The animation is awesome. It's got like a real kind of like anime vibe. That was probably the first thing that really hit me and got me into it. Um, and then after like about halfway through the second episode, I was like, I was hooked. I know you guys um, had mentioned when you were telling me to watch, you you know, you were saying that people were upset because uh, people were upset with, with the way they were presenting He-Man. But I didn't know that He-Man got killed in the first episode. Spoilers. For anybody who hasn't watched it, <laughs> I was absolutely shocked. No, spoilers after you spoil it. I mean, I assume if, if you're listening to this episode uh, about Masters of the Universe, you've, you've already seen the, the five episodes that have been released. Um, but, okay, here's another spoiler. I'll say it uh, ahead of time here. Uh, he also dies in episode five. And I was shocked by that, too. Um, well, okay, we don't know if he dies, to be fair. I, I'm jumping yeah. the gun. He probably isn't. But he gets stabbed, and he may be dead. Who knows? Uh, um, 
but I really enjoyed it. Now I could see why, because again, I, I, I know how I felt about Luke Skywalker in the last Jedi. So I get being upset when a property goes in a direction that you don't care for. However, I don't think this is the same because he man still gets to be badass in that first episode. It's like when, when Sam's told me that, you know, um, what's, what's her name? What's the main character's name? Essentially. Um, when you said she has to reassemble the power sword, I said, Oh, is she going to give the power sword to he man? And then is he just going to throw it off a cliff? Um, you know, like Luke Skywalker, but he doesn't do that. He still seems again, I haven't seen much of the original series, but he still seems what I would imagine is pretty He-Man-ish. He's, you know, all for justice and fighting the good fight and, and all that kind of stuff. So they didn't do a character assassination before they killed him off. So I don't think it's, even if I was a huge fan of He-Man, I don't think I would see it, you know, in the same light as I see necessarily see the last Jedi. Um, but I could see being upset with it, but honestly, the show is pretty awesome. Um, that I, 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 another thing I'd like to add, just in general, is like I I, I was aware that like Shira and Master of the Universe take place in the same like Princesses of Power and Master of the Universe take place. They both take place on Eternia, correct? Yes. Yes. I was actually when I read about it, I was expecting like just a more a semi more adult version of Shira. I wasn't expecting a straight up adult cartoon. Mm. You know. The other thing I'd like to sort of point out about it is that. Like she was, of course, a good show. I couldn't get into it, but I watched like the first season. You know, oh, so not I've heard it's really good. I believe people when they say it's good. Um, <clears throat> I just don't like the aesthetic of the animation style. I don't like how it's very like um, Steven it's Universe. Not, it's not shell. It's it's a little too Steven Universe. I like the the, the cell shaded like Phil Barassa type. You know, mm -hmm. Young Justice has it. This new Master of the Universe has it. I wasn't actually reminded of anime. I was reminded of like the Phil Barossa style, like Young Justice, sort of these these newer DC animated styles. And like I love that, like, the protagonist is like I love that Tila is just swole as hell. Because in yeah. the cartoon, I've seen I've seen enough of the original cartoon to know Tila was just like a red haired Shira. She wasn't like a like built like a warrior. And that she is now is really, really good. It's really interesting. It's really like enjoyable to see the animation style and everything. Um, and also, also we definitely we haven't even talked about the voice cast, like star studded. I guess that'll well, sort of before that. Time. I gotta say, for anyone who doesn't know the flavor of the original He-Man, it's a very subtle, subtle thing. But I really love the flashbacks because the flashbacks in that show where Tila and He-Man are like beating up bad guys or just talking or whatever, they have these horrible trite puns. And that's exactly what the the dialogue in the original show used to be like. Like, mind if I give you a hand, Skeletor? And then he just gives a, like a cheesy punch, and Skeletor goes flying feet up. You yeah. know, like that well, was the the type of cheese. And they and Kevin Smith, if he was he was directing this or like sort of guiding this, he made sure to have those those cheesy puns in the flashbacks, which is exactly what they needed for this show. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. He-Man still casts a long shadow over the over the episodes that he's not in. They do flashbacks. Um, mm -hmm. It's still Tila coming to grips with, you know, the fact that she was kept in the dark about his secret, and now he's gone. So, you know, it's not like he's all, he's treated like, you know, some sort of secondary yeah. or nothing character. He's still very important to the show. I would say that maybe, like, if you go on, you know, when you're on Netflix and you, and you go to click on Masters of the Universe you know, they show an image for it as they do for all shows. And He-Man is front and center in that image. So perhaps don't put him front and center because maybe he's not 
the star of the show. I could see that being a you know a legitimate issue. But honestly, it's kind of like you said. Where do you go with the original He-Man if you don't change it? Uh, and I mean, there was a great direction in 2002. Three seasons were released of a very kid-friendly anime-heavy or anime speedline-heavy, I should say, uh, animated series for He-Man. Um, they teched up a little bit and they changed, they made, uh, they made Adam a kid. So nobody could really tell he was He-Man. Uh, and it was a solid, solid story all throughout. And it was a phenomenal, phenomenal, um, uh, sort of, uh, reimagining of it. And I think that would have been a great direction as well to stick with. Uh, but. Yeah, this one is also really terrific. Either way, it had to be a new direction because, like you said, those the way the structure of the original show. I mean, how do you continue that? It's it's basically just learning these kind of like trite lessons over and over again, and nothing really. Monsters of the week nonsense. Yeah, yeah you 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 well, need to move in a new direction, and this show is is doing that. Yeah. Yeah, like I think the they have said like I think because that He Man in the early two thousands, I have not seen it full disclosure, but it was, that was intended to be a remake because they were trying to bring back the toys. This one is a continuation. There's maybe there are going to be toys. Probably there will be because there's going to be toys for invincible on Amazon, but that's not why that's being made. There's going to be toys for it. Like I like that the characters look more themselves like Adam. Like if you look at the original cartoon, the only difference between Adam and He-Man is like their clothing. They're the same size, same haircut, same everything. Like I like that they pink look tights, more man. Sorry, those bright, those bright pink tights and yeah. that uh, bangs bowl cut thing he had going on. But like when you think about when like with modern animation, like you think about I've been following, of course, because I gave the Kickstarter of the Legend of Vox Machina, the Critical Role cartoon that's being made. They're going to be making at least two seasons. Amazon wants to make as many as they can. It's going to be that's like awesome. two. It's going to be two twelve episode cartoon seasons, like of like very high level like the people who did legend of Korra, like phil barasa big star study cast whatever and i've been following it like they have like as characters they have lots of accessories and items and whatever it's a DD campaign right but like every you get one you get two things that was the rule like every character gets two things right like a different two different daggers or a, and then their clothing of course or whatever like the thing with i'm liking about this is like adam looks small he looks like a princeling who he'll rule, but it's really not going to be like a thing. He's kind of a partier or whatever. And He-Man, you look at them, He-Man in this cartoon is bigger than he was in the original cartoon. I think so, yeah. It's like massive. And it's like not just like, it is action figure, but he looks like a bodybuilder. He looks like massive. And I, I really liked that they were vesting themselves in no this is a this is like some world where like sword and sorcery exists alongside like high level technology let's embrace that let's not like mm -hmm. question it or like vest ourselves into like either like a sort of a, a blood and sand like grittier sword and sorcery no technology or something high tech a little cyberpunky and they're kind of towing the line they were like magic is dying technology's taking over the main villain with the exception of like Skeletor and the ending and stuff, and Evil Lynn, who I'm loving. I'm loving Evil Lynn. I love oh, Lynn she's Lynn. amazing in this. I series. love Lena Lynn anyway, but like Evil Lynn is awesome in this show. But uh, like how the main villain is like a techno cult. Yeah, that's, that's brilliant. great. Brilliant idea, and sort of exploring that has been like in the show. Watching it, like in five episodes, there was so much world building. It was dense. It was a dense five episodes. Very, very much so. 
um, it's like this is the sort of the sort of show where people say, "Huh, maybe we should make it into live action, right?" Because like mm. maybe we should, maybe we should, we could put like we could make a two-hour epic, like fantasy epic, closed story. But if people like it, there's we like lay the seeds for making more movies, and I I could see that because Mattel like I don't know what Mattel's producing right now, but like you know, action figures are not as I'm as far as I'm aware, action figures are not the at the level of popularity they once were at. No, right. No, no. I think there's, there's more of a market now for like, because a lot of the people who collected action figures when they were kids are older now. And there's more of a market for like high end collectibles, but like yeah. the lower end uh, kind of things that you buy in like your local toy store. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's they're as popular as they were when like, yeah. we were. But kids. we did want to talk about or you guys want to talk about because we have a the three of us have a group chat and you guys were sort of trading barbs about Mark Hamill. And, well, like, here's the thing. Let's talk about the voice acting overall. Yeah. Like, you're yes. fantastic. Sarah Michelle Geller, Lena Headey, um, to name a few. So before I watched it, Kai said that he didn't really like Mark Hamill's performance. Disagree. Like, pardon? I, I, I hard disagree on my well, part. Okay, we'll, we'll get to this. But he said he didn't really like his performance. And I was like, what? How could you not like a Mark Hamill performance? And I watched it and I'm thinking, I think I know what his issue is. And it's that Skeletor sounds essentially like the Joker. I mean, I don't know if that is the issue you had, but to me, Skeletor, there's a slight difference. But honestly, for most of the time when he was talking, I was just picturing the Joker. The voice is not different enough. I well, my what my weighing in is I agree, like to an extent. He sounds almost because Mark Hamill also voiced another iconic card, probably one of the single most iconic cartoon villains of all time, Fire Lord Ozai. He sounds almost between, Skeletor by Mark Hamill sounds between Fire Lord Ozai and the Joker. Specifically the Joker from the Arkham games. Because there is some, a, there is a little difference in sort of the lilting of his voice compared to the cartoon to the Arkham video games. Mm -hmm. so the Arkham video games are, are markedly darker in tone than the Batman series. Batman yes. series were dark at times. No, no. If I will it. say I will say, but, Matt, you are right. That was my problem with his performance because that is all I could picture. And it's not that he's, Mark Hamill is one of the, is a treasure. He is yeah. a treasure in among all sci-fi. He's a treasure among voice actors. He's a treasure among performers. And he is an absolute joy to, it's always an absolute joy to, to witness his performances, okay? Second, Matt, so yeah. First, first and foremost, that is the truth. However, this performance just reminded me of too much of the Joker. And I think that, that I, and again, it's no, it's not a bad thing, but it kind of did jar me out of the, out of the show just a little bit. And it, Mm, it was that was that was just the one thing. It was just that teeny little thing, and I think it's also because Skeletor, the the original Skeletor, did have that hot, really high pitch, whiny tone almost, which is the meh kind of business, and it was, and it was a classic, and it's kind of hard to get away from that, um, and, and yeah, it's just kind of hard. It's hard, kind of hard to to imagine reimagine Skeletor without that whine to his voice. So this is what I would like to respond to because I actually see your point, and I was about, I was thinking about this as you were talking. 
the whininess of his voice, yes, it was very 80s cartoon. It's the same thing what like Cobra Commander sounded like in the cartoon, which yes. ironically was also made to sell toys. Guys, watch the toys that made us on Netflix. It sort of like puts a lot of this in perspective from like behind the scenes. Um, but that is, that makes perfect sense, and that's why they went with Mark Hamill. They mm -hmm. wanted to go with Mark Hamill because it give not only does it give sort of a level of clout. Because like Lena Headey is great, like she, but she hasn't done a, she's not done a lot since Game of Thrones. She just hasn't mm -hmm. done, came out on Netflix. I can't remember uh, Gunpowder Milkshake. Apparently, it's awesome. It's on my list, and I'm gonna watch it tonight with my you mom. Know. Um, it's like John Wick, but like Karen starring Karen Gillan. Like what's not to like? Um, but uh, uh, with Lena with um, Mark Hamill, they wanted to probably get away from the yeah, I'm the villain yeah, and I and I see why. Kime is sort of insistent on maybe they shouldn't have, but they are very clearly making this the adult show. The first episode ends with Tila fucking scraped up, hair bedraggled, like sword still bloody, telling the the Queen and King that Adam is that Prince Adam is dead. Because he is awesome, he is awesome ending. Yeah. And then like uh, even though Skeletor is dead, but he's dead too, it's like what? But, but what at what cost? Uh, and justifiably making it going with Mark Hamill, giving it a level of adult. Like After the Last Airbender was a kid's show, no doubt about it. But like when you hear when you hear Fire Lord Ozai's voice, like mm -hmm. that like, puts it at another level, right? And that's the a lot of that is characterization. Sort of they built and built and built, you know, uh, over two seasons to finally meeting Fire Lord Ozai at the end of the second season. And hearing his voice, but we sort of giving going with, but a lot of it is also Mark Hamill mm -hmm. going with him over someone else, over or even getting Mark Hamill to do sort of a more of that like '80s ca cartoon villain voice, like would have uh, done more damage to what they're trying to do. They're not making it. This is a cartoon, yes, but it's not a kids show. It is not like Shira. It's in the same sort of it's in the same setting, but it is not the same universe, it is not the same yeah. world. And it is not for kids. It's not to sell toys to it's not to get to parents. It's not to get kids to nag their parents to buy toys. Yeah. It's to make a good story. And you get a good story and good writing does a lot of the work for you. Good writing did a lot of the show's work, but the last that last bit was done by great acting. Mm -hmm. And you needed Mark Hamill, even though he appear, only appeared in like two episodes, and then. And I'm left. not, and I'm not denying his his skill level or his talent. What gets me isn't the performance itself; it's the likeness to Joker is what got me. I because I would also say that, or I haven't seen much of the original show, but doesn't it seem like the way Skeletor acts also kind of seems like the Joker? Like, like I don't I mean, know, I just. Evil Lynn is his Harley. He's like, yeah, yeah. And I don't know his mannerisms. Um, I mean, but he's such Joker, the animated series Joker, Mark Hamill aside, that character, that version of the character is so iconic mm -hmm. to villains, to cartoon villains, especially. And when you're making something that is sort of rooted in being for kids, comic books are rooted in being for kids. And you wanted to find it above, they probably have did went through a subconscious process of, oh, let's make them 
sort of have this like quasi Stockholm like abusive relationship. Like the well, evil and yeah. the relationship dynamics were great. I, I wasn't even necessarily are, are archetypical. They aren't true. They aren't necessarily cliches. Archetypes. Here's my thing. Archetypes is just a nice way of saying cliche, right? Mm. It's a, a better. It's just like a version of a cliche we like to see. It's a it's a cliche, yes, but they're portraying in such a way like I fully expect within like the first by the end of the second episode, the second block of the of the next five episodes for Evelyn to go through another turn and boom, she's mm -hmm. like straight up working with Tila and stops working with Skeletor. Um, and they're trying to portray sort of a gradual sort of like you know you're you're she's arising to heroism, then she descends again, then she rises back up. Well, you I know? was I wasn't even thinking necessarily the character dynamics. I was thinking parts where like. In the first episode, Skeletor fights Tila, and he's like, "You're not, uh, you're not a, a master of the universe or something." And it, it just it reminded me of the scene in Batman Beyond where he's fighting uh, Terry, and he's like, "You're not, you're not really Batman." And even the way he like uh, the episode, where I th you know where they do the flashback and they've thrown He Man overboard, and then all of a sudden Skeletor is like making like just casual conversation with whoever was there. I'm like. That's exactly how Joker would react if he if he threw Batman overboard. Even even the way he you know kept his spirit alive in that staff and then showed up at the last minute to stab him in the back. I'm like, I'm like if if Joker lived in this world, that's exactly how he would kill. Do remember that Kevin Smith is was yeah. he the creator of Harley Quinn? No, no, he he's a massive he Batman. Batman. He is right. A giant. He named his daughter. He named his daughter Harley after Harley Quinn. Her name is Harley Quinn Smith. And yeah. I mean, again, I guess I'm making it sound so, like I actually part of me really like that because I, I, I love Mark Hamill's Joker and, you know, uh, so I don't, I, I'm making it sound like this was a huge issue for me when really it wasn't. I'm just, I, I'm just saying why I think that it could be an issue for, for people or, or why mm -hmm. kind of had an issue with I think, because he does think seem very Joker-like. With how it concluded, I think the, with how the, the fifth episode, the fifth and final episode concluded, I think that Skeletor attained this sort of level of power he's at. We'll sort of he's Emperor so Joker. Great to finally see he's Emperor no, Joker now. Making getting getting like very cosmic in sort of power is always good for a character. Uh, as in sort of in, in you know how does their villainy evolve? Uh, I think we're gonna see that. I don't know if I, but like I fundamentally agree with you guys about him sounding like Joker. But like it's one voice. Like Mark Hamill is mm -hmm. a talented voice actor. No, no dead about it but oh yeah this is like uh, one very minor minor thing in an overall amazing it is yeah. it is I'm such a minor flaw minor flaw it, and i we can really call it a flaw to be honest it's just a minor issue that is a, per, a very personal thing but for the most part definitely continue watching it and i really am glad that these new reboots are coming out as miniseries that which is why i can't wait to watch the new transformers kingdom which is how they're tying in um they're basically condensing the original mythology into three six part um at least this is my understanding of it so far is they're condensing the um original mythology into three six parts and they're at kingdom now and i think we get to see the beast wars um, uh, Transformers, so I'm excited about that. And to see it in this new, poly, really highly polished computer animation. I mean, go going back to the Master of the Universe, I mean, just to just to reiterate how much I enjoyed it, uh, I mean, 
it's a big deal that I watched them like back to back to back because like when you guys first said I should check it out, I was like, uh, okay, this is going to be like, this is going to suck. I don't want to watch Masters of the Universe. But then like I watched it <laughs> and I'm like, by the like the middle of the second episode, like I said, I'm like, I'm hooked. It was awesome. So while we're kind of like nitpicking and saying this could have been done differently or this could have been mm-hmm. done better, I'm just trying to say that I see those kind of arguments. I could see why maybe you might be a little unhappy with how they've shown He-Man. I can see why maybe you'd be a little unhappy with the Joker's voice. But honestly, this is a solid show. And I would say that everybody, even if like you thought, hey, it's not really for me, people should check it out. You just called Skel- you just called Skeletor the Joker, so what do you mean? <laughs> Joker- <laughs> what did I say? You said you said the voice of the Joker, not the voice of Skeletor. <laughs> the voice of Skeletor. Okay. So okay, I- no, well, I think that illustrates the point so perfectly. Okay, but still, uh, okay. I, I don't think it harms my point. I think this is still an awesome show. Yeah, I think I think that overwhelmingly, like, also that fan, bringing fan, more and more fantasy shows, like, it's great that like shows like Voltron and Gundam and sort of sub- certain animes and you know, Transformers now are getting like their day in the sun. Like, we're gonna get GI Joe soon. Don't no doubt about it. Right? Like, I don't, I don't know. know. Well, I, I honestly okay. I don't know how much I can get into a GI Joe show, but honestly, I'm not saying I'm not because with the new movie coming out, like if Snake Eyes does terribly, then it then it'll happen. Yeah, I think. And I, I think you know what? That, writing, yeah. that trailer though looks really it freaking was, good, crisp. Like, but also, sorry. But besides, my this is not my point. My point was though, more and more fantasy cartoons, like in sort of, in, we're in this sort of like huge D and right now. Like I like I'm. The D and D movie better be fucking good, okay? Like, and although they've cast like some not some great action actors, but some only a handful of really good actor actors, like character actors and shit. So like, action movie actors are actors, but you you guys. You, I have a question that. about the D and D movie, Sam. I gotta know, is it a real D and D movie until one of the main character dies and comes back in the next scene as a new character? Like the actor comes back as as a new character. It being a little tongue in cheek would be cool. Like a, a lot of people are saying, like, and I, I'm sort of in this camp too. Like, I don't want someone. I don't want them to say, "I like do this sort of thing and I summon in fire." No, like you should say someone says some magic words and then they're asked about it in the next scene and say, "No, that was me casting the spell fireball." They should just straight up say that shit. But on that question, that would be awesome. That would be epic. <laughs> um, the only three people I know for sh- the only three people I can remember without my head around are in it are Chris Pine, um, Michelle Rodriguez, and Regé Jean Page. Um, and uh, I don't know. All we know about characters and like classes is that Regé Jean Page is playing a paladin, and he's played D anD D and he's played like Diablo and shit. So, but the bi- I think you know with a D anD D movie and like sort of fantasy in general, like. The fact that we haven't gotten a really good like fantasy movie sit like a fantasy series since mm-hmm. like, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, and I'm talking about specifically live action movies. Specifically, not cartoons, not uh, whatever. You know, Dota Dragon's Blood is awesome. You know, Castlevania, awesome. I'm talking about specifically live action movies. Game of Thrones was great, but like season seven was meh. And season eight was eh, mm-hmm. like even worse than that. 
like I don't I don't want to talk about it. I we I with buddy Andrew and he and I whatever it like it's like when Star Wars comes up with me and Matt when Lord Game of Thrones comes up with me and Andrew like we both get in a really bad mood. Like we're so pissed on how they ended it. They rushed it. Whatever. Rightfully so. We have gotten something that's reached maybe not the levels of sort of clout and like still around like still talked about. But like in in D and D circles, people still talk about how terrible the D and D movies were. You know, when they and they were relatively star studded, or rather, there was Jeremy Irons and uh, Marlon Wayans <laughs> as, as like the bard, and that's sort of like the characterization you need in a D and D movie. But, yeah, you know, you think about movies like uh, Aragon, which is just a bad D and D movie, right? It's just like it's a great book, but the movie was like a bad D and D movie, right? It was a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aragon. E-R-A-G-O-N. Okay. Well, oh, I know the books. Well, the books were massive. I don't know how, how well they did in the U.S. because it was written by an American author. Shout out Chris, author. Shout out Christopher Paolini. But, like, that was what, like, it was after Harry Potter, I, I, Aragon was it for me, right? For in terms of fantasy. Yeah, so, that was, it was for a lot of people fantasy. as well. I didn't read fantasy again, like, big, like, sort of fantasy at all. Um, and then I read Percy Jackson when I was a kid. I didn't read fantasy again to, like, started reading the first Wheel of Time book like a couple months ago. Um, How is but, that show? Uh, it comes out in November. Like, oh, okay. You know, I want to finish the first book at least before the first season comes out. Um, there's like 15, 15, like 700, 700 to a thousand page books. Like, like they're going to, Amazon's going to make a, make a, Amazon Prime, I should say, is going to make a, a pretty penny. But, you know, I fantasy doing well is good. I, you know, we've, we're in sort of the middle of, or the, the tail end, I think, of like sort of a sci-fi, like a sance that was started by The Expanse and sort of Star Trek Discovery mm -hmm. along with that. And then a couple, quite a few crappy Netflix shows. And I think The Expanse will end up seeing the end of it. Star Trek will remain. But, um, um, so yeah, I mean, and I think it's, uh, it's sci-fi, sorry, I think, Fantasy is getting uh, its its spot in the light now because of the fact that the technology has caught up to it as well. And I think, but I'm I'm curious if those things couldn't have been fully animated instead for the sheer scope of it. Considering and considering some big scope animation, Sam, give us give us a scoop on Neon Genesis. Uh, we're going to take a break there. Uh, tune into our next episode to hear us discuss uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion uh, now that Sam has finished the show. Thanks for listening.